This episode is sponsored by Fromm Family Foods. Sherry, you've carried Fromm in your store for a while now, right? Yes, Carly. For nearly 17 years, we've proudly sold Fromm Pet Foods. You know I'm a sucker for good packaging, and in my opinion, Fromm is some of the best-looking packaging in the pet industry. That's what initially attracted me to the brand, but I've since learned that as a fifth-generation family-owned and operated company, Fromm really cares about the products they make and the people they serve. They've been innovating and influencing the pet industry for over a hundred years. Uh, and didn't you just tour their manufacturing plants? OMG, yes! I took a trip of a lifetime to Wisconsin and toured their kibble and cannery plants. I was blown away by how clean they were, and I saw the fresh vegetables and meats actually being processed. I even got to put a bushel of sweet potatoes in the hopper and helped make a batch of chicken a la veg. Aha. And so what does Fromm offer independent retailers just like you? Well, they have multiple lines of premium, ingredient-driven formulas at different price points, so no matter what your customer base looks like, they have quality options for different lifestyles. Plus, their support is impeccable. They always go above and beyond to help their retailers. When you make the choice to bring Fromm into your product mix, you truly become part of the Fromm family. If you want to find out more about Fromm, you can go to their website, FromFamily.com. That's FromFamily.com. Attention, independent pet pros. Let me introduce you to the Pet Shop Girls, presented by Pet Product News. Hey, everybody. I'm Sherry. I own Odyssey Pets in Dallas, Texas. And I'm Carly. I own House of Paws in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. We are going to talk today about your marketing plan for the new year. Yes. I, I mean, okay, we we totally get it too. Like we're right in the thick of things when it comes to Christmas. I mean, it's the middle of December and nobody is thinking about January except for how do I survive until January? So we get that. But there's never a bad time to talk about marketing, marketing your business, marketing your product, marketing your brand, getting your name out there to make sure that you are top of mind with customers. And I love having my marketing plan for the whole year at least sketched out. So that way when, say, some sales reps come by in the new year, you can pencil them in for different promotions throughout the year. It just makes everything easier to plan going forward. So Carly and I do things a little differently, though, on on how we plan for the year. How do you plan it out, Carly? Normally, I start my plan for next year in October. I like to kind of sketch it out, like you said, at a high level. But every year, it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier because there becomes those recurring annual events. Your customers love them. Your team loves them. You love them. They do really well in your store. So then it becomes really easy just to start plunking in your different sales, your different promotions, the different events that you're going to have. And I think something that's really important for any pet pro is to create that kind of annual, and you can have more than one, but that annual thing that you become known for. So we have a couple of those things, and those are really easy. I plunk those in first in my marketing plan because we are going to do them every year because our customers love them and we love them and we have fun and they and they do really well for our store but they are things that we've become known for the other easy thing to plunk in is seasonal events so you've got easter you've got well in the u.s we have july 4th 
July 1st in Canada. Aside from human holidays, right, like Easter and Valentine's, July 4th, July 1st, Christmas, what is it called? St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, okay. But so the human holidays, that's really easy to plunk in there and figure out, are you going to do some sort of an event around that? But then, and there's a ton of them out there, you guys, if you just Google pet holidays for the year, it's going to tell you when is National Black Dog Day? When is National Yorkie Day? There's a Black Cat Day right around Halloween. You know, there's a bunch of different pet holidays as well that you can start to fill in your calendar. I do want to say, I here's where I differ with Carly. I like to theme out each one of my months. So February is pet dental month. So I put all my dental stuff on sale and really promote why it's important for pet health to keep, uh, you know, their teeth clean. January, January is a tough one because you've already, your inventory is depleted, or at least hopefully it is after the holidays. So you don't have a whole lot, right? So I usually like to do build a better bowl type thing because fitness is also a human trend as well. And you're always going to have your goat milk and your bone broth and your toppers in stock. I either do that theme or I'll do like a made local theme, like made in Texas. I am in a big state and a lot of products are made here. So I am able to promote a lot of different products that are made in my state. People really like that one too, because they didn't realize that there were so many things that were made right here. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, another thing you can do, especially if your store has a scale. So we have a scale in our store that, that folks can come in and weigh their little furry guys. And our our scale goes anywhere from like 0.2 of a pound to 600 pounds. It's a vet grade scale, but January, uh, a great theme for those who want to assign themes is that whole get fit, lose weight, feel healthy, whatever you want to do. And you can have like weigh-in competitions. We did that one year where it was, you know, and we gave them points. We, We have points in our loyalty system. So every time they came in, and weighed their pet, they got they got extra points. So they were earning credit. And it the scale is is really it's a good thing to have all year round, but it's definitely something that you could build a theme around in January. I love that. I've been meaning to get a scale. That is such a good tip. You've got a really cool poster, right? That goes with your scale. We don't have a poster for our scale because uh, we are a tiny little boutique. I want a poster. You and I have talked about this. That's probably what you're thinking. But I don't have the poster simply because we are tiny and I can't have my scale out all the time. So when folks come in and we're, we are weighing the dogs, we store the scale under one of our freezers. And then we just pull out the, you know, cause the freezers sit about six inches off the ground. So we just store the scale under the freezer and we pull it out when, when dogs come in. So we don't have a poster for that. But if you, if you have a store that is big enough to have a poster, it's a, it shows people what the proper weight would look like on a dog, right? Yeah. It's, you know what, it's great for just starting those discussions too. I mean, so many stores today, so many pet pros are nutrition focused. You know, there's an epidemic right now where it's like 70% of pets are overweight. So having that scale in your store to start those discussions and, you know, talk about what the ideal weight should be. And when we see that a furry guy's got a little bit of fluff that he has to shed because maybe he put on some holiday weight, that scale helps us. It's just a tool 
that we can use in having those discussions around getting the animals healthier. I like that you call it fluff because it it is a sensitive subject with some people and you got to approach it in a way that isn't combative. I like to say, well, he's a little bit of a chunky monkey, you know? Yeah. Usually when we're talking with pet parents, as much as I can, I try to relate it back to us. And when we're in the process of trying to lose weight, get in shape, get healthier, get fit, the tool, the scale is just one tool that we use. And it's the same thing for our furry guys. So that is one tool. But having that and getting back to our marketing, if you have the scale, absolutely, you could have some sort of a weight loss challenge. You know, I don't know. I don't think the show is still on, but the biggest loser challenge, right? So it's, you know, formulate something like that around pets where they're coming in every week. And I mean, you would have to do it a little bit different because if a furry guy is not overweight, but they still want to participate in your contest or your promotion or your challenge, maybe they have to maintain their weight for six weeks or or whatever it is. So speaking of contests and promotions, let's back up here and break this down. So you should always have an event, a sale, or promotion every month, if not multiple times a month. When I start planning out my year, in order to be the marketing wizards that we all want to be, we've got to have a little bit of ESP. And that is exactly what Sherry just talked about. We need to have an event, we need to have a sale, and we need to have a promotion every month. And a lot of folks are going to say, whoa, 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 you want me to have sales and promotions? And my answer is yes, because if we define events, sales, and promotions, they are three different things. An event, obviously, is something that you're going to put out a a Facebook event for because you're inviting people to participate. You could have things on sale or you may not. You um, could be having a theme around your event, um, a Halloween theme, a holiday party theme, an Easter theme, Valentine's theme. That's your events. Your sales obviously do have discounts, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a store-wide sale. It could be on one product. It could be on one brand. It could be on one category. I just want to jump in and say Astro. I have met some pet store owners that still are not signed up with Astro. It is an easy way to get a variety of promotions from products that you carry in your store and you get your credit back almost instantly you need to sign up for Astro. It is worth the monthly fee. A hundred percent. And not only is it worth it because then every sale that you do out of your store is not out of your own pocket. These are manufactured rebates that you don't have to fill out paperwork to get. You click a couple buttons on your computer when you ring your customer through and you get your money back, but you're offering that discount to your customer. So those can be part of the sales the Astro sales, and I will say too, for the for the pet pros out there that are like, I don't want to spend the 60 bucks a month or whatever. I don't even know what it is because it's so worth it. When I think about what your time is worth as a pet pro, as a busy pet pro, if you are taking four hours a week to sit down and go through paper copies and figure out who gets what credit from what distributor, what is your time worth? If your time is worth 50 bucks an hour, you just wasted $200 and then you did that four times a month and you did that 52 times a year. Do the math. 
This this is this is big dollars. The biggest the, the biggest reason I signed up with Astro Loyalty was to keep track of the frequent buyer. We had we had probably ten different card files, and then you'd have to pull the client's card out every time they bought a bag of food. It was cumbersome. So Astro Loyalty, check them out. We'll put their link in the show notes. Now Pete. promotion. So so explain the difference between sales and promotions, Carly. At the very highest level and the easiest way to look at it, a promotion does or does not have to contain any type of sale. So a promotion, you could align with promotions could be contests, right? There's not necessarily a sale associated with a contest, but a promotion is something that you are promoting that does not need to have a sale attached to it. Sherry, you do themes every month. For us, the one month I would say out of the year that we consistently do a theme around is in March, which is Pet Nutrition Month. I I believe it's actually just Nutrition Month, but I live in the pet space, so I have deemed March Pet Nutrition Month, and our entire month of March is all around nutrition. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm putting anything on sales specific or related to nutrition, but that is our theme. And so we do a big promotion around nutrition. So again, in order to be those marketing wizards, you got to have a little ESP, you've got to have an event, you've got to have a sale, and you've got to have a promotion slash contest each month. And that's going to fill up your social calendar really, really quick. It also gives you tons of content for your social platforms, because you're going to promote your events, you're going to promote your sales, you're going to promote your promotions, and you're going to do that on all of your different social channels. I just wanted to add in that I do a couple other things each month. I have a treat of the month. I have a whole end cap where I highlight a certain treat and I do a discount on it. I also do a brand spotlight each month. So I do carry about 20 different brands of food. So I'm able to highlight a single brand each month and really teach my customers about it and do a big sale and and push that brand. We also do seasonal grooming spa upgrades. I've talked about in the last podcast, the sugar cookie and the pumpkin spice upgrades, but that doesn't mean you can't do any for the springtime. We've done cherry blossom. And then during the summer, we've done uh, papaya coconut. But you know, those holiday ones are always the the big sellers. What What other promotions do you do? Well, I was just, I just wanted to add on one thing that you were talking about when you kind of do like a a treat of the week or a brand of the month or whatever. I know for a little while in our store, we were doing a pick of the week. Okay. And, And I know a lot of stores do like staff pick of the week and, and that's great. And it gives you some social content, but if you're not going to do anything other than identify your pick of the week, and that was what I saw happening in our store each week, we would pick a pick of the week but we wouldn't do anything with it, right? So if you're going to go to that time, if you're going to put in the time to do your pick of the week, then make sure your folks are talking about it and make sure that if this is what you're highlighting for this week, every customer is going to hear about it. Otherwise, there's no point in doing it. I I 100% agree. A lot of times when when I do my brand spotlight, I try to have one of the sales reps come in and do a training. And if they have the budget, they do a spiff if you don't know what a spiff is, that's where usually the brand will will pay for this. But for every bag they sell, let's say your staff member gets $2. So they have to keep a copy of their receipt. And at the end of the month, 
they add up how many bags they sold, and then they get a bonus on their paycheck. It's 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 motivation, and it's awesome. So yeah, if you can swing that, uh, it really helps. Something that you and I have talked about before too, and and I and I said a little bit earlier, doing something that you that you as a business as your brand you become known for. So we have a couple things off the top of my head that we have become known for. Of course, over Christmas, it is our gifts from Santa Paws. This is huge. We have customers that start asking about our gifts from Santa Paws in October, and they talk about them all year round. We will do a whole gifts thing one of these days. It will give you lots of time to prep for it because one, it's super fun. Two, your customers love it. Three, the added bonuses when they're getting these gifts and they are likely getting things in that gift that they don't normally buy in your store, or maybe they've never even noticed in your store, but they'll come back for that whole first quarter and they'll be like, oh my God, this is my dog's favorite thing. And now I have to buy it all the time. So they get to try things that they normally wouldn't try and, and, and it helps you in the long run as well. But they've also found something favorite, their, their dog's new favorite. Two big events that we do throughout every year that we've, again, become known for. We host a pet expo every March and I live in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. So we have winter, 19 months of the year. So we do this pet expo inside, but we invite all different pet businesses. You have to be a pet-related business to be a vendor in this show. We we rent a ballroom at a hotel in the city, and we advertise the crap out of it. And we have literally, in a six-hour show, a thousand people come through the door. So I get a thousand people that not only see my business, but all the other pet businesses in our city. So that's one of our big events that we do that people look forward to and, and, and we've become known for. In the summer, and this is going to kind of fall into the sale category as well. Not only do we do a great big event that has a sale associated with it, but if you're going to do a store-wide sale, and that's not something that I would recommend you do more than once or twice a year, where you do that kind of everything in the store is on sale, we do one of those in summer and it's not even the entire store, but it's a good chunk of our store that goes on sale. And what we're trying to do is blow out a bunch of stuff that maybe we brought in for the colder months and it didn't go anywhere. And, and I know that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to try to sell that stuff in, in the summer, but we deep, deep discount. Like, you know, if we brought in winter coats that did not move and now we're sitting here in July, those coats are 75% off. So we do our summer sidewalk fair in July and we invite, this year we had 60 other businesses and we all set up tents outside all around our store in our parking lot. We coordinate with our landlord and we have a huge event. So we've got two really big events that our customers look forward to and we've become known for. Man, when you go big, you go big. Um, <laughs> than biggest in Texas. Yes. So my big event is Woofaween. That's a, that's our Halloween event. It's also our, our anniversary. So we go real big with it. We do a costume contest. We set up a photo booth. We invite vendors. We usually have some kind of a game for people to play. We have goodie bags and the goodie bags are loaded with product, usually about $25 worth of stuff. And that's just free to anybody that comes. And I get all this stuff from my vendors. So yeah. How many goodie bags do you do? 
I usually make up about 75, and then sometimes I'll have backups. We usually get about 100 people rolling through, but, you know, there's families in amongst that. But I usually theme out each Woofaween. Like one year, I did Game of Bones, because Game of Thrones was so big. You would not believe how many Daenerys Targaryens showed up. And people dress up with their dogs. It is the coolest thing. And some people plan their outfits the minute I release the theme. And they plan it to the theme. So it's a big deal. People have a lot of fun. And yeah, the goodie bags, uh, to your point with the with the Santa Paws gifts, we put all kinds of stuff in the goodie bag. And then you know, a week or two later, people are like, you know, I tried that thing that you gave out at the at the party and my dog loved it. And then they come back and they buy more. So it's it's great. It's it's a customer appreciation event, but it's also a great way to expose them to new things. Yeah. That, and adding on to that, Sherry, first of all, very quickly, your goodie bags, if you know that you make 75, that's a great way of that's, you know, your great ticket tally or whatever you want it. You when you're counting how many folks come in the door. If you started with 75 bags and you end with zero, you know you had at least 75 folks in, in the day, which is a great thing. Like we for our Halloween, you know, we do a little goodie bag for the all the furry guys who come in costume. And we do 40 because that would mean that 40 dogs in costume literally came in in our little tiny boutique. That would be a really good day if 40 dogs came in with costumes on. But we know that if we've given out 40 bags at the end of the day, we had at least 40 guys in there with costumes. Oh, you do yours the whole day? Mine is uh, from in a two-hour time span. Oh, yes. No, no. We pack pack the house and we we take the party out into the parking lot. Oh, there you go. Well, we, for Halloween for us, like I said, you know, we could have 10 feet of snow, but we, we do it all day. So we do 11 till six and Dogtoberfest is an annual event that we have done since our doors opened. So, you know, the furry guys come in costume. We do a little Halloween photo booth. We call it our phantom photo booth. And we do our bones and body parts buffet where you buy three, you get one free. And new this year, what we also did was we did tricks or treats. And basically, we put all of our toys and treats on 20% off. More than anything, we did that this year because 2023 has been so weird. And we've really seen a shift to essential buying only. Like, get in, get the dog's food, and get out. There's no luxury buying, if you will, of the toys and treats. So that's why we tried that this year. Another great way, and now we're, we're going into how we can count the customers, but another great way was your scratch off tickets that you did sherry and that's you can start to see instead of just having those anecdotal numbers about how many people come in you're going to actually start to get metrics tell me more about your scratch offs because those work really well for you okay okay so everybody likes a good scratch off right so i go into canva and and i make a cute image for you know the sun like a we did a summertime scratch off we also did a fall scratch off so you make your image, you get that printed on Vistaprint or wherever you get stuff printed, but you have a circle in the middle of it that's the same size as a sticker that you can buy. I buy mine off of Amazon, but it's a sticker that you can put on over the circle that has the prize or whatever they're going to win. And that sticker is the scratch off sticker. So I know that's hard to explain, but yeah, custom scratch offs. So I make like three different ones. So people don't know which one they're going to get. And I'll usually try to push something that maybe I have too much of, or maybe a department that 
is moving a little slow. So supplements were moving kind of slow for me recently. So I did 25% off a supplement on one of my scratch-offs. And I usually just give these out with any purchase during a certain week, usually a, a slow week. Or you could put them in goodie bags. You could do a lot of things like that. It's it's really fun. People love it. And I think, uh, I think Carly started doing it too. We did. We did uh, for Halloween. We did our spooky scratchers, we called them. And we ran it for the whole month. But I did the same thing. Well, I did with two. I, so I did three different options. And the three different things that they could win is they could win 35% off any clothing because our clothing sales were slow this year. And then I also did 15% off any enrichment items. And so we saw a lot of people coming back with those, which was interesting. They didn't know what enrichment items were. And so they were coming back saying, I got this 15% off enrichment items, but what is an enrichment item? So then we would take them through all of our licky mats and our little stuffable toys and all of the enrichment things that we have. And so we sold more enrichment stuff in October than we normally would have because these people didn't even know what it was. Um, and then we also did 20, I think we did 20% off any treats. And, uh, and I only did that because treats already sell by themselves but it, you've got the margin on treats to do that. And then people are like, whoo, 20% off treats. And then maybe they're, they're coming in to buy three or four bags instead of one or two. So that's why we did it that way. So that's so interesting. You say that about enrichment. I actually do, you know, I theme out my months. So I actually do an enrichment month in the springtime. And, and I make a blog on, you know, what enrichment is. I do all my social media posts. I put all my enrichment toys on sale. I make a cute display and we really try to get the word out why it's important, what it is and, you know, all the good stuff. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's really quick here. Let's just do a quick recap of how you can kind of sit down and plan your year. And again, I don't, and everybody that you talk to about this, where you're like, yeah, you should plan your year. They're like, oh my God, back off. Like how much work is that going to be? But really you guys, it's super easy. If you sit down and you, and you would basically assign using your ESP, come up with an event, a sale and some sort of a promotion contesty thing that you can do each month of the year. If we go back to our beginning of this podcast, if you have annual events, plunk those in first. That's the easiest way to start filling up your calendar. Then take a look at human holidays, because again, that's a super easy way to fill in some blanks in your calendar. Then take a look at pet holidays. And can you create either a, a, an event, a sale or a promotion around pet holidays. You are starting to fill up that calendar super quick just by doing those three things. Get creative. And I'm going to, this is going to be my, my final tip on this for those pet pros out there who think, oh my God, mar marketing is like my worst thing that I do. Do not be afraid to try. If you get an idea in your head about an event, a sale or a promotion, and you put it all together and it flops on its face, that's okay you learned that that's not something that your customers like or how it was set up, you could tweak to make it better. We, I've come up with ideas that I'm like, oh my God, this is brilliant. And it was terrible. It flopped like a flat pancake, awful. Oh, speaking of, April is National Brunch Month. That's when we do our puppy pancakes. And, we, and that was a huge hit. But anyways, 
Also, I want, I don't want people to think that you have to figure out all the nitty gritty details for every single month of the year in one day, you figure out your high level. And, and actually my pancakes is a good example. I didn't plan on doing pancakes last October, but in March, for some reason, I had it in my head that we needed to do a pancake event for dogs. And I looked and April was national brunch month. And I built that into my marketing plan as something we were going to do in April, even with Easter being in April. Normally we still did our puppy pancake brunch and it was a huge hit. So we're going to do it next year. So the marketing calendar gets easier and easier every year because you just keep adding on to the, to the events and promotions and sales that you do that are really good, that go over really well. I really like that you said that, you know, even if it fails, you know, it, it's just something to learn from, you know, nobody likes throwing a party and, and, you know, nobody shows up. And I'm always scared about that happening as well. But it's just, a, it's a learning curve. And you just don't do that event again, you try something else. Don't give up. Yeah, like we we actually in my store, we use an event planner. And it's just a document that two page document that I created that allows us to essentially identify what is the event? Which business objective is it going towards? Is it to attract new customers? Is it to increase sales? Is it to gain awareness? Is it to build our email list? Whatever. I've got like eight different things and we just kind of figure out, okay, if we're going to do this event, how is it helping the business? And then we outline everything about what do we need to do before the event, during the event and after the event to make it successful so that everybody knows and is on the same page. So we're always prepared for our events. And then the last section of the bottom page is where we assess that event and we give it a score of one to three. One is we nailed it. Two means it needs some tweaking. And three means this was a bummer event. Don't ever do this again. And we also track in there like what we did for sales and how many new customers we got and how many transactions in total and kind of give it a little bit of an assessment. And that helps us going into the following years or the, the next years. What, what were the ones? What were the events that we said we nailed it? And where did we need to tweak? And, and did we figure out our tweaks? And then what are the bummer events? And we're never going to do them again. But so that makes it easy too to sit down and figure out your marketing plan because you're building that book as you go every year. You are so thorough. My marketing is all done on, well, it used to be done on paper, but I bought myself a remarkable tablet. So I'm still writing, but it's on digital paper. So <laughs> either way, you know what? Having some sort of a marketing plan is critical in order for you to be successful, see where you're going, see what you're doing and make sure that you're always standing out from your competition, right? Standing out from any other professionals out there, be different. I feel like we just skimmed the surface on, we could talk for like two hours or more on this, but I, I did want to throw in there, look, if there's any fish stores listening to us, you can do this with a fish store too. We, we do something called like celebration. We do a you better believe it month. There's all kinds of things you can do. So it's not just limited to, to dog and cat stores. And I don't even think it's limited to stores. If you're a pet pro, like if you're a groomer, if you're a dog walker, if you're a dog sitter, if you're a dog trainer, there's always ways that you can continue to build that community around you, your community of customers, that community that supports your business. And you do that through solid marketing. Yes, I'd love to hear what everybody out there listening, what their favorite, what their best event is. 
Everybody has such unique, amazing ideas. We'd love to hear about it. If you go to Facebook, we are under Pet Shop Girls. Find us there and you can uh, message us. We'd love to hear what you have to say. You can find us on Instagram under the same handle. And if you take a look at the picture on our podcast, that's what you're looking for to find us on our social platforms. Awesome. Awesome. And we hope you got some really good ideas, got those juices flowing. We want to see you put your ESP into play. Awesome. Thanks, Carly. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode, Pet Pro. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe. Just hit all the buttons. So you never miss the podcast that makes you sit, stay, and beg for more. The The Pet Pet Shop Shop Girls. Girls. Carly, where can they send that? Oh, my goodness. I don't know.